Welcome to another episode of Hoosier Nerds Podcast with your host, Chris, Chris, Tim, and Mikey. No one is here this week, so this is a Chris takeover. Wow, 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 wow. So, Chris with a K, the grumpy old man. So I can complain for a full hour about whatever I want, and I don't have to hear, okay, boomer, or quit your whining, or... You're wrong, because today I'm right about everything, because this is my podcast. It is the Hoosier Chris podcast, and I'm your host. So, Chris with a K is taking over. I can talk about whatever I want, and I am going to do just that, talk about whatever I want. So, there will be no video games. There will be no Star Trek. So, this episode will not put you to sleep, I hope. Um, But anyway... And the Cowboys suck, but they really don't, and I'm kind of upset about that. But anyway, that's NFL. That's later. So we're going to cut to the chase, because Chris is going to cut to the chase right now, and he is going to bring up some IndyCar news. So hopefully there are some race fans out there, but um, IndyCar has a lot of news in the past week, and it has been awful. Um This diehard IndyCar fan, who I've been a fan of IndyCars since 1981. So that tells you, one, how old I am, and two, that I've been a fan almost of my whole life. Um, So 50 years, um, 40 years, 40 years, I'm sorry. No, 42 years, 42 years I've been an IndyCar fan. So um, anyway, so first off... uh, IndyCar was trying to go with a hybrid kind of uh, motor because they're trying to keep up to, with other forms of racing and, and you know, hybrid cars. And, uh, you know, I'm all about evolution. I'm all about, um, I'm all about, uh, let's move on to the next thing. I get it. I understand it completely. They're supposed to start the season in St. Pete in March with the new hybrid motors. That has now been pushed back to after the Indy 500. So we may not even see hybrid motors this year. So Chevy and Honda have been trying to develop hybrid motors for a while now, and apparently there's been some mega issues with them. So we're not seeing hybrid motors, which I don't care. I come from a day where, you know, they were ran by Cosworth and, you know, you know, V6 normally aspirated motors. So I'm really not, or turbocharged motors, I'm sorry, but they were V6s. They were loud. Oh my God, what a sound, those V6s. They were Buicks, essentially. But I'm from an era where it was just Ford, you know, it's a Cosworth motor, which is based off an old Ford motor, probably. But um, I don't care who, but what kind of motor is in the car. Um, they did say that they were delaying a new chassis, which is upsetting as all get out, because <coughs> we've had the same chassis since 2012. Not we, but IndyCar. IndyCar fans, IndyCar in general. The first, this chassis came out in its first... Uh, roll out in 2012. So we've had the same chassis going on. It's what, 11th year, 12th year, right? 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 12th year, 24, 13th year. It's ridiculous. Um, so no new motors and no new chassis. While we're at it, Honda, which Honda is one of the manufacturers in IndyCar. There's two, Honda and Chevrolet. They have said that, uh, if there are not any cost reductions by 2026 that they could pull out completely. They're counting on a third engine manufacturer to come in and they've been trying to get a third engine manufacturer for years now. And they haven't had a third engine manufacturer since the new cars came out in 2012 with the Lotus. And that was very short lived. Um, So we could be, if they don't make changes right away, with this everything is fine attitude at 16th and Georgetown, then we may not have much of an IndyCar series come 2026 or 2027. Um, you know, there's a reason people are jumping NASCARs. You know, they got a new generation car next year coming out. Um, IMSA introduced new cars and motors. Uh, the GTP division in 2023, they had record crowds at uh, Daytona. Sebring, um, they raced in Indianapolis this year, 
for two hours and 45 minutes. Next, this coming year in 2024, it's going to be a six hour race. Uh, not only that, they have a new uh, manufacturer in the GTP division, which they already have uh, Acura, which is Honda, Acura, Porsche, Cadillac, uh, BMW, right? So there's four Acura, uh, yeah, Acura, Porsche. Cadillac, BMW, they got Lamborghini, so that's five, five engine manufacturers with cars, and they are awesome. Not only that, Ford stepped into the program in the GT division to take on the Corvettes with this nasty-sounding Mustang uh, that was testing in Daytona, then I saw some video on it. So things are going uh, IMSA's way. Now, IMSA, IMSA is owned by NASCAR. So, I mean, there's been a question, should IndyCar sell to NASCAR? Should IndyCar sell to Liberty Media, which runs Formula One? Would they be better off? Uh, right now, I saw a tweet. Actually, there's a tweet from my cousin. He said that uh, IndyCar is basically just a, a good old boys club of club a good old, a, they're, they're club racers, happy to race their cars. And uh, don't get me started on the, well, it's great racing and the parody's awesome and it's so competitive. It's really not. I did a comparison because we all know about the IndyCar split in 1996 that really just ruined IndyCars basically still to this day and has split. So I took the 16 years prior to the split. So I went from 1980 to 1995. Okay. To see how many IndyCar champions we had teams, race teams, IndyCar champ difference in, in race teams. And I came up with eight different race teams that won a championship between 80 and 80. 1980, 95, I can list them. Johnny Rutherford with uh, Jim Hall Racing in 1980. Penske, 81, 82. Um, and 83. 84 was Newman Haas. 85 was Penske. 86 and 87 was True Sports. Uh, 88 was Penske. 89 was uh, uh, Patrick Racing. 90 was Gallus Craco Racing. Uh, let's see here. Who won in 91? 91 was Newman Haas. 92 was uh, Ray Hall Hogan. So there's seven. And then uh, 93 was Newman Haas. 94 was Penske. 95 was uh, uh, Forsyth Green, or for, well, Barry Green Racing, really. That's eight different, eight different teams won a championship over a span of 16 years. It's a pretty good average, but Penske really salt and peppered in there. Won the most, obviously, and Newman Haas won a few in there as well. Three. So um, that's eight championships. So then I took the uh, amount of champions between uh, that was then in 1996, they split between the Indy Racing League and Champ Car, Cart, whatever you want to call it. So then I took the reunification year of 2008, and that was 16 years ago. So how many championships? How many championship winning teams have we had since 2008? We've had three. Three championship, three winners, three champion, three team, three different teams have won the championship since 19, since 2008. That's Ganassi, Penske, and uh, Andretti Autosport or Andretti Global, whatever it is now. Um, they raced the old cars from 2008 to 2011. They introduced the new cars in 2012. Um, that was the year that Andretti Green, well, it was Andretti Autosport won in 2012. Every year since then, uh, from 2013 to last year, has been either won by a Penske or a Ganassi. So you tell me where the parity and the uh, competitiveness is. Um, Indianapolis, since its inception, we've had, uh, since the car's inception in 2012. So you had Ganassi win in 12. Uh, Vassar Sullivan in 13, uh, Andretti Autosport in 14, Penske in 15. So there's four different teams, right? Um, so 16 was Andretti, 17 was Andretti, 18, 19 was Penske, uh, 20 was uh, uh, Ray Hall, uh, Lanning and Letterman, uh, 21 was, um, was Elio, so that's Meyer Shank. And then um, uh, Meyer Shank was in 21. And then 22 was Ganassi. 23 was Penske. So six different uh, teams have won at the Indianapolis 500 since the inception of this new car. 
Um, so, and that's since two thousand. That's since two thousand eight, because Ganassi won in eight, um, Penske won in nine, and ten and eleven was uh, well, ten was so seven since two thousand eight, since the inception. So, uh, there is it a competitive series. Yeah, they all qualify close, but in the end, at the end of the season, it's the same two teams winning the championship every year. That's not parity. That's not, you know. When we had different chassis, different motors, different manufacturers, we had a lot of uh, different um, tire manufacturers. We had different motor manufacturers, different tire manufacturers, different car manufacturers. There were three different chassis in the late 80s, early 90s. We, st we had, you know, multiple chassis manufacturers and, um, well, mid-90s. You had Lola, Honda. We well, had Lola March and Penske for a while. Then you had... Uh, Penske, Lola, and uh, Reynard. So you still had three chassis. But you had more parity, more more uh, competitiveness, more variety uh, throughout the years. So um, IndyCar is in big trouble, I think. Um, if you say it's not, that, you know, oh, well, we got Milwaukee back, it's not enough. Well, having a race is back is not enough. I will go, my goal this year is to go to the Indy 500, to the Grand Prix. I will do my month of May like I do to my month of May. But my focus really, I'm, I'll watch IndyCar racing. My focus really is going to be on the IMSA championship. Uh, Andretti Autosport has bought into uh, Wayne Taylor Racing in IMSA. So I've got a team to root for there automatically. So I'll be rooting for Wayne Taylor Racing at Daytona Sebring onwards. They'll be racing in Indianapolis in September. So I'm pretty excited about doing that. I had tried, I had planned on maybe going to Milwaukee, St. Pete maybe, or even possibly Mid-Ohio. I'm skipping all that. I'm going to skip all that and just go to the IMSA race. I just, I'm not putting my money there because they don't care. They don't listen to the fans. They don't know what the fans want. They don't care about any of it. So Chris is skipping. So he's on a kind of a sort of a boycott except for the 500. So, uh, but race fans are IndyCar series is in big trouble. And if you say it's not, then you're got your head in the sand. Uh, so we will see what happens and what progresses in the next, in the foreseeable future. But the whole no ch new chassis is bogus. The motor issues are bogus. I can see why Honda's pulling out. They're not getting value for their dollar. You got to have value for their dollar. It's got to make money sense. And right now it does that. And nobody out there wants to build a, what is it? 2.2 liter turbo motor for IndyCar racing. They just don't want to do it. A hybrid. It's a waste of money. So um, that's how I feel about IndyCar racing. Uh, I love IndyCar racing. That's, you know, but in my day, well, yeah, because it, obviously it was better in my day because, you know, we didn't have these issues, you know. We had other issues to deal with. But, you know, all Penske can do is slap a new coat of paint on the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway and... We're good to go. yippee Kaye. It's just not working for me. I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, it's a sad state of affairs. So, come I'll go to the race in May. Come September, I will be at the Speedway for IMSA. I'm pretty excited about it. So, there is that. We've got that out there. Sorry, I rambled. But it's my show, and I can talk about whatever I want. All right, so kiss my booty. Um, onward next, um, I want to cover the NFL. Uh, what Justin Herbert of the Chargers broke his finger, so he is out for the season now. That's a shame. I do feel bad he broke his finger, but I don't. It, you know, I, I'm not a Chargers guy. I'm a Raider guy, sadly. Very, very sadly, I'm a Raiders fan. Um, we'll get to them in a minute. But Justin Herbert's out. I don't care. Don't bother me none. I don't like Chargers anyway. Never liked the Chargers. They should have never moved out of San Diego. Now let's get to the Raiders, um, which earlier this year, if you had been listening to the uh, the podcast, I boycotted the Raiders and the season. I was not wearing any Raider uh, jerseys, no Raider hats, nothing until... 
they fired Josh Jacobs. And I got my wish, and they fired Josh Jacobs. But they have not gotten any better. Jimmy Garoppolo's been benched for Aiden O'Connell, which I'm glad because they should have never gotten O'Connell. The worst thing that's come out since uh, Josh Jacobs was fired was that the Raiders wanted C.J. Stroud uh, for the Texans, and he said, no, Garoppolo is my man. So that tells you everything you need to know about Josh McDaniels. But um, they lost on Sunday. The Raiders did. They are now 5-8 and eight in the division. <laughs> um, and the rest of the season they've got... They'll, they'll, they'll lose the rest of the season. Because they've got... Um, I mean, they could win Thursday. This Thursday they, they got the, the Chargers this coming uh, week. Then they have uh, the Chiefs on Monday night, the Colts on New Year's Day. Well, they have the the, the Chiefs on Thanksgiving on uh, Christmas Day. Wow, they have the Colts on uh, New Year's Eve, and then they have the Broncos at the end of the year. So they will lose those last three games, possible four games. But anyway, they came on. So they they beat the Jets. 16 to 12 in week 10. Week 11 they lost 20 to 13. They could have won that game. They lost 31-17 to the Chiefs. That's not a surprise. It's the Chiefs, right? Um, we'll get to Mahomes the crybaby later. But they lost this past week. They've come off a bye week. How do you come off of a bye week and lose three to nothing? Is this 1962 to the Vikings? We lost three to nothing. And the the freaking game, the 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 the, the field goal was not scored until the fourth quarter. So it was a scoreless tie for three and a half or more quarters of the game. It was like close to the end of the game, actually, when they kicked that field goal. So they lost three to nothing to the Vikings on Sunday. It's a sad state of affair in Las Vegas. They showed the uh, a video of Vikings fans in Las Vegas. The worst thing they could have ever done was move that team to Las Vegas. Any team... The worst thing any team could have done was move to Las Vegas because you're never going to have a home crowd, ever. It's just not happening. Um, all I heard was just, I saw just a sea of Viking fans in a skull chant. which was great for the Vikings, but, you know, Vegas is a tourist destination. So fans are going to travel. And I've seen it, in, in, I've seen it, I've seen it, you know, I've seen this in the past, right before my eyes um, in uh, Tampa. Tampa had the problem for years, and they still may. I don't know. Um, I don't watch the Bucks, But um, I went to a Bear game one year, the Bears and the Bucks, and Bear fans travel, and Packer fans travel, and, um, you know, Jets, Giants fans travel, uh, Buffalo fans travel. A lot of teams travel to Tampa. Because they take in their favorite team at the, you know, they can get good seats for the Bucks. Um, they can go to Disney World and Universal. They can hang out at the beach all week. It don't matter. It's just, it's, it is what it is, you know. Um, I, I don't see how the Raiders are ever going to have a home team, home field advantage ever again. And you're not going to get, if they're good, you're not going to get cheap seats. It's just a good team makes you prices of your tickets go up so even the casual fan now they have that stupid formula one race in november in formula in uh vegas so you got about a month and a half of bad traffic so who wants to go to a, a football game until you know december essentially you're traveling to vegas in december to go to a formula to go to a, a football game where you get you know somewhat of a, a full um the full vegas experience I would say, because that that uh, Formula One race has got all of everything just shut down. You're, you're relegated to the south end of the Strip um, if you're trying to go to the, a reader game in October, November. So they lose three to nothing. I don't see the current interim coach keeping his job at this point if they keep losing the way they do. Um, meanwhile, the Cowboys keep winning. It's depressing. To see, um, so we've got that. The Bears beat the Lions. I don't know what's happening to the Lions. They got to be twenty-eight to thirteen. How do you lose to 
That's a divisional game, I suppose. That's how. The Colts got smothered 34-14 by the Bengals without their quarterback, Joe Burrow. There was a lot of odd winners this week. Cleveland beat the Jags with Joe Flacco. Good for Joe Flacco. Of course, the Panthers got beat firing uh, uh, Frank Reich. Obviously did nothing for that team. They're still 1-12. The Texans got blown out by the Jets, 30-6. Uh, to six. The Seahawks, uh, the 49ers are going to be, I think the 49ers are the team to be. Bills beat the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes was whining and crying on the sidelines. But that was a bad call. Dude, you guy lined up offsides. That wasn't a bad call. Well, they could have warned. If they're warning people about offsides, then there's an issue there. Why don't they warn the defense? They only warn the offense. Um, Broncos keep winning. They're 7-6 and six now over the Chargers. Cowboys spanked the Eagles. So the Cowboys are looking good, but I don't know if they're going to peak too early and then just take a crap at the playoffs like they always do. Titans beat the Dolphins, which was amazing, 28-27. And the Giants beat the Packers. I wouldn't want to be a Packer fan this year. They look good some games. Other games are just horrible. And they lost to the Giants. So there you go. Um, but that's my NFL news. The Raiders are horrible. Worse than horrible. But at least they don't have Josh McDaniels anymore. So I'm pretty happy about that. I must say. So, um. We'll see what happens, but um, other than that, that is sports news. The Pacers lost to the Lakers in the end season thing. Um, I ain't too worried about it. I, I did notice it is hard to watch LeBron James play basketball. Jordan was, you knew you were seeing magic. You really did. I'm, I can say this because I'm old and grumpy and I don't care. Bird, you knew you were witnessing magic. Uh, but LeBron just, with his whining and complaining, is just it gets on my nerves so much. It's just not fun to watch. It really isn't. And he flops himself all over the ground. Now he's getting Anthony, what's his name, Davis? Is that what it is? The guy with the, the eyebrows. Anyway, he's out there flopping now, and it's just, I just, it's just not the same. And oh my God, those guys cannot. It's, it's just bad basketball. It is really bad basketball. It's like watching pickup games at the park back when people went and played pickup games at the park. Um, but that's my NBA news. That's my. NFL news, and there is 165 days left till the 108th Indianapolis 500 on May 26th. So, just going to throw that out there real quick. Um, now we can talk about movies, because, you know, it's my podcast. I can talk about whatever I want. Uh, I will say this. 1986, this day in 1986, which is the 12th, uh, which yesterday was the 11th, right? So, that was... Uh, the anniversary of the Latanza heist, um, based uh, the movie based uh, the movie Goodfellas is based on the Latanza heist. They pulled that off on uh, December eleventh, nineteen seventy eight. So yesterday was Happy Latanza heist day. Yesterday, uh, the eleventh of December. On this day, though, in nineteen eighty six, you had two awesome movies come out in the same day. You had the Golden, actually, had three. Uh, well, two in eighty six, and then. Uh, but The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy is a very underestimated, underrated, should I say, Eddie Murphy movie in The Golden Child. Uh, actually, uh, I quote The Golden Child quite a bit. Um, but that came out on this day in 1986, along with another great movie, uh, which is very quotable, which is The Three Amigos with Chevy Chase, Martin Short, and Steve Martin. Uh... I quote this movie all the time, um, especially with Infamous, which we know. Infamous, the infamous El Guapo. Infamous means that he is more than famous. So uh, don't forget about the singing bush. Um, but The Three Amigos is, is a great movie. If you haven't seen The Three Amigos or The Golden Child, I highly recommend both of them. And 
on this day in 1992, The Muppet Christmas Carol came out with Michael Caine as uh, the Scrooge. This is a great Christmas Carol movie. I don't care what they say. This is probably, this is my favorite. I've already watched it this year. So, uh, but The Muppet Christmas Carol came out on this day in 1992, 31 years ago, which is depressing because 31 years ago I was only 20. That's sad. But in 86, I was only 14. But I did go see, honestly, I did go see The Golden Child at the movie. Because Eddie Murphy only made rated R movies back then, and I was 14. So I was able to um, go see this one because it was PG-13. But uh, we, we, quote the, uh, we quote the movie quite a bit, the, uh, the Golden Child. I highly recommend it. Um, that is my life of movie news. Um, we can talk about Christmas movies. Uh, or, or are they Christmas movies? And this is a great debate. Um, uh, movies that are set at Christmas time but aren't necessarily Christmas movies. Uh, which you could say Lethal Weapon is right up there with it. Um, I put Home Alone in that. I put Home Alone as not a Christmas movie because nothing happens on Christmas. They do not. Nothing happens on Christmas until he wakes up and his mom walks in the door and his family walks in the door. All of that happens on Christmas. Everything else is a precursor to Christmas. Um Obviously, the uh, I mean, it's it's a diehard, it's a kid like diehard. So uh, that happens on Christmas Eve when they try to break in, and uh, there's that. And then I was watching one of my favorite movies of all time, which is the uh, 1980. Did it come out in '85? I believe it did. Uh, yeah. It came out in 1985, Better Off Dead, starring John Cusack. Um, it was released in uh, which October of 85. October 11th of 1985. So we can say that it is a Christmas movie because it does have a Christmas scene in it, you know. But you, you like the corn in this one, Lane, because his mom just buys him TV dinners. It's about a guy, his girlfriend dumps him for a guy that's a better skier than her, him. Uh, that's John Cusack. So he figures out, tries to figure out ways to kill himself. And um, But it's got uh, John Cusack, David Ogden Steers, Stiers, David Ogden Stiers. He was in MASH, I believe. Kim Darby, who was in... Uh, the uh, 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 oh, the John Wayne movie that won John Wayne an Oscar. Oh my God. Um, True Grit. She was in True Grit. She played Maddie Ross. Um, but she's like his goofy mom. Diane Franklin. She was in. Uh, Diane Franklin was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh. Of course, then you have uh, Dan... Sh actually, you have Yuji Akamoto. Yuji Akamoto was... Uh, actually, <laughs> he was in The Karate Kid Part 2. He was the bad guy. He was in Chosen. He's also uh, showed up in Cobra Kai as Chosen. But he plays a guy that only learned to speak English by listening by watching ABC's Wide World of Sports. So he talks like uh, Howard Cosell. Um, Amanda Wiss is in it. She's been in a few movies. She's in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Curtis Armstrong plays John Cusack's best friend, Charles Dumar, which he's hysterical. You see, he steals every scene he's in, as does, uh, then you have Dan Schneider, and I'll get to Dan Schneider in a second. Um, but the scene stealer is Lori Waterbury. Laura Waterbury is just a bit actress there. She plays uh, Mrs. Smith, and she's hysterical in this movie. Every scene she's in, she's very funny. But we'll get to Dan Schneider. So Dan Schneider plays Ricky Smith. Ricky Smith is this uh, introvert that just sits in his house all day and sniffs nasal spray. And his mom gets him a foreign exchange student to try and bring him out of his shell. And he's like got creepy stalker vibes, which we've all heard the rumors of creepy stalker vibes from the cast of um, iCarly and... Um, 
uh, what's the other one? Victorious. So there are some creepy stalker vibes. Uh, I guess it came to fruition because he does come off as a creepy stalker um, or a creepy pervy stalker in this movie. Dan Schneider does. But obviously that's all rumors and speculation. Obviously I don't have any concrete evidence that has occurred. I just know what I've heard from uh, read on social media, which we don't know how true it is, but actresses have come out against Dan Schneider. Uh, Jeanette McCurdy from Mike Carly and Sam and Cat have. So, um, there's that. So, but uh, Better Off Dead, uh, I've considered it now. It is a Christmas movie. So, there you go. That's all there is to it. Um, Watch Better Off Dead. It's on Showtime. It's on, um, what else? Prime. Oh, you can rent it on Prime. I watched it on, uh, like, Plex or something, and then uh, I, I DVR'd it because I found it. It's one of my favorite movies. John Cusack in the 80s made spectacular movies. Uh, that one, One Crazy Summer, of course, Say Anything. The sure thing wasn't bad. Of course, Gross Point Blank was freaking awesome, but that didn't come out until 90s, so, um, late 90s. But, if you haven't seen any of these movies, Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer, or Say Anything, make sure you check them out. They're really good. They're highly entertainment, highly, highly entertaining. Um, don't forget, and then, of course, we quote Better Off Dead with, you know, This Is Pure Snow. <laughs> the industry value of this mountain. And of course you have um, Johnny the newspaper boy that wants his $2. And he chases him all over town for $2. And I think that would be a great Comic-Con costume um, would be to uh, dress up as Johnny from uh, um, from Better Off Dead. But that's just me. I think it's a good idea. Speaking of Comic-Con, we talked about, uh, um, we talked about the, uh, the people, uh, celebrity guests, right? They have, uh, released two more names, um, this year, or, uh, this coming year for Comic-Con, um, and, and it's going to be a home improvement, uh, Comic-Con apparently, but not really, but uh, it's Tool Time from Home Improvement, the 90s classic uh, Tim Allen TV show. We have Debbie Dunning, who was the Tool Time girl, and then we have Richard Karn, who was Al Borland. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I try not to. I'm, I, I am, I'm kind of excited about comic-con i really am i do enjoy going to comic-con but um you know that's just the story of comic-con uh indiana we're in indiana you know we can't get the big people obviously and uh they are um making that evident you know we can meet i remember when when i was a kid not a kid but a teenager living in Florida, and you could meet people like that, like Tim, like uh, Al Borland, or even uh, uh, Pamela Anderson at car shows. You could meet these celebrities at car shows, and they didn't charge you $100 for meet and greets and pictures and all that stuff. So, um, But car shows have kind of gone by the wayside. I know here in Indiana we still have uh, 500 World of Wheels, and they had... I believe um, not too long ago, Tony Stewart was there. I think Dylan Hart Jr. has been there. Um, they had uh, Catherine Bach, I think, was there. So, but you could just stand in line and you would get them, meet them for free. But back in the day, you could meet Star Trek people. Um, I remember Scotty from Star Trek was that uh, uh, car show. You could meet celebrities at car shows. And you would go to car shows. Car shows were great. They were like $10, $12 to get in. And you saw every brand new car out there. Car manufacturers. You know, this back when GM had everything. They had, uh, you know, they had, of course, you had um, Chevy, 
Cadillac, Pontiac, Buick, um, you know, Chrysler had their line of cars. You could sit in a Porsche, you could sit in a Lotus, or you could, um, they had Lamborghinis, they had um, Ferraris, um, and you could sit in these cars, and it was, it was really cool. Um, then they would have different booths set up, car booths that would give out free stuff. Um, they had race cars there. They would have Indy cars there or IMSA cars or, or NASCAR stock cars there. Um, they just had a variety of different stuff, and it was really cool to see. They had a con few concept cars. Um, but car shows were fun to go to. They really were. Um, now it's like specialty stuff, you know, like hot rods and things like that because new cars are all the same and they're shitty and they don't have anything cool anymore. But uh, I did. I was watching uh, an old race today, an old stock car race. The, I was watching the Daytona 500 from 1989. And I see this car commercial. It was a Chevy dealership out of North Carolina, I believe, or South Carolina. And you could get brand new cars. You could get a brand new celebrity. 1989 celebrity. This was February of 89. So you could get an 89 celebrity Corsica Beretta. Or a full-size Chevy pickup truck. They were running a sale. $10,995 or $199 a month. So you could get a full-size pickup truck for $11,000 in 1989. Um, so that's pretty awesome. They didn't have the, the, the crew cabs back then. Those were special. They were called super cabs. And they just had back seats. And the, there wasn't like a full back seat. And they would take away from the bed. You know, you had the full bed. So it's a two-passenger or three-passenger pickup truck. But it's a full-size. So you can get a full-size pickup truck for $11,000. I remember my dad buying a full-size Ford F-150 in 1983 for $49.95. So you could buy it. Because trucks weren't cool back then. You didn't buy pickup trucks. Farmers bought pickup trucks. Or construction guys bought pickup trucks. They weren't the $90,000 behemoth pickup trucks with heated seats and luxury that everybody buys now. So, um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I could afford a car right now with the way everything is. But, you know, $11,000 back then, that was a pretty good deal for a brand new car. That plus $199 a month. Shoot. That's pretty good. But the cost, of, you know, gas was $0.89 cents a gallon. Food was cheap. Blah, 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 blah in my day. But I can be my day grumpy old man, Chris, because that's my job right now as they carry this podcast. So um, I'm about done with my Christmas movie watching. I've watched about everything under the sun, anything popular. I didn't go into sequels like I watched the Santa Claus, but I lost my Disney because I let it expire. So I didn't watch Santa Claus two or three. Um, of course, I watched Christmas Vacation, and I watched Elf, and I did watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Do not sleep on Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I know Muppet Christmas Carol, I watched it. That is a great movie, but Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas was put out by Jim Henson in 1977. I watched it as a kid on HBO. It was an HBO project, I believe. It was a special. I remember seeing it on HBO. We watched it every Christmas on HBO, M. Outer's Joke Band Christmas. One of the greatest Christmas stories for kids ever. I highly recommend it. It is, um, actually, it is streamed this year. I believe it is on Peacock, if I'm not wrong. Um, let me look that up for you real quick. But I'm going to say that Emma Otter's Joke Band Christmas is on Peacock. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is on Peacock and Amazon Prime. So if you have either one of those, watch it. It's about a, a poor Otter family risks everything for the chance to win the cash prize of a talent contest for Christmas. It's Emmett and his, they're Otters, Emmett and his mom. They uh, live in, uh, they, they, uh, they uh, live on a river. And uh, it's really, it's a cute show. It really is. It's got some great music. The music, I believe, is done by Paul Williams. Um, if I'm, 
if I understand correctly, I believe he wrote the music for, um, for yes, Paul Williams. He wrote, um, yeah, he wrote the song, he wrote every song on here, and, uh, Who's Paul Williams, you say? Well, if you are a fan of uh, Smokey and the Bandit, you remember Big Enos and Little Enos, right? The two guys that they're running the uh, um, to go get the beer run. That's Big Enos and Little Enos. Uh, Paul Williams was Little Enos. Um, so let's say... Uh, Let's see what he's written. He wrote. Oh, he was in Planet of the Apes, too. Um, let's see what we got here. I think he wrote. Um, he's wrote a bunch of stuff. Um, Biggest songs. Let's Google this and let's see what Paul Williams wrote. He's actually, he does Comic-Cons. He was at Comic-Con in Indianapolis uh, last year. He did uh, Moving Right Along. That's from the Muppet movie, I believe. Um, We've Only Just Begun. That's by the Carpenters. Um, you and Me Against the World had... Say Goodbye Today, uh, Carol King. So, Paul Williams has wrote a lot of songs. Um, let's, I don't want to donate. Yeah, he wrote Old Fashioned Love Song by Three Dog Night. Just an old-fashioned love song, right? Uh, We've Only Just Begun by The Carpenters. Rainy Days and Mondays. You know, hanging around. Nothing to do to be found. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Um, he wrote that. Cried like a baby for uh, uh, Bobby Sherman. Yes, he wrote the Rainbow Connection. Everybody knows the Rainbow Connection, you know. Um, from the Muppet movie, Someday You'll Find It, the Rainbow Connection, the lovers. You know, someday we'll find it, the Rainbow Connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. So he sang that, or he wrote that. He wrote Evergreen, which is from A Star is Born with Barbara Streisand. Love, soft as an easy chair, something like that. Um, he won a Grammy for Song of the Year and an Academy Award. And, of course, he wrote, you cannot sleep on this, one of the most famous songs in the history of the world. He wrote the lyrics to the opening theme for the theme show for the television show The Love Boat. The Love Boat soon will be making another run. The Love Boat something something for everyone. Anyway, he wrote that. But, God, he just wrote so much stuff. Actually, Daft Punk did a Paul Williams song called Touch in 2013. I did not know that. And then uh, You're Gone by Diamond Rio was a number four hit on the country charts. Um, it's amazing the stuff he's wrote for. He did music for Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Of course, like I said, uh, Star is Born with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. Uh, the Boy in the Plastic Bubble. He did music for that. He wrote a song for The Secret of Nim, which is a popular cartoon. He did the music for um, The Muppet Christmas Carol as well. So, um, he's just he's just a very talented songwriter. Um, like I said, he's Little Linus. You would know him as Little Linus from uh, Smokey and the Bandit. So, um, I don't know how I got on to the... Oh, because Paul Williams wrote all the music to Honor Stoked Man Christmas. That's why. That's how I got on that kick. So, um... But there's that. So watch Honor Stoked Man Christmas. I only have a few more Christmas movies to watch. 
and then I'm done. I've got to finish watching The Night Before, which is one of my all-time favorite movies with uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Anthony Mackie. Uh, it's a great Christmas movie. Um, and it is, it, they, it is not even Christmas Day. It is Christmas Eve. So to say Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, you're stupid because it happened on Christmas Eve. Um, but uh, I've got to watch The Night Before. Of course, Trading Places is a It is not really considered a Christmas movie, I don't think, but it is a Christmas movie that's done around Christmas time and New Year's Eve. It's a holiday movie, let's put it that way. And then with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis, um, Ralph Bellamy, Don Amici, as a, Denholm Elliott is a spectacular. It is hilarious. It's a great movie. Check it out. Um, and then I have uh, my new favorite Christmas movie to watch, which is Violent Night. And I've had a hard time. I guess it's just the way it sounds, Violent Night. Everybody thinks, you tell people that they should watch Violent Night because it is a great Christmas movie. And they're like, no, I don't like horror movies. And it is not a horror movie. It is essentially John McClane as Santa Claus, basically. David Harbour from Stranger Things plays Santa Claus. I reviewed this last year. Me and Josie went to the movie on a whim. We were Christmas shopping last year. And I'm like, let's go check this movie out. We were out shopping, not even Christmas shopping. We were, what am I kidding? Who am I trying to kid? We weren't even Christmas shopping. We were shopping for ourselves, buying records and CDs and music. Um, but we started out in Fort Wayne, drove in uh, Kokomo, and uh, ended up watching Violet Night with David Harbour, John Leguizamo. Uh, a bunch of mercenaries take people hostage in this uh, this mansion, and Santa Claus comes and saves the day. And it's uh, it's got great kills. That's funny. It's clever. It's exciting. It's fun. I highly recommend it. you got to check it out. Um, Violent Night with David Harbour. My new favorite Christmas movie. And then, of course, um, if you're going to watch any kind of TV Christmas specials, uh, The Andy Griffith Show has got a great TV spe Christmas special that I enjoyed. Also, um, uh, The Big Bang Theory is one of my favorite uh, TV shows in the world. And... Their episode, uh, their Christmas episode, which I believe is in season two. Um, yeah, the um, the bath item gift hypothesis is one of the best Christmas episodes of The Big Bang Theory ever. Um, it is played really regularly on. TBS, it's also on HBO Max, you can try it out. But the gift, the gift, the bath gift hypothesis is one of the best Christmas TV episodes I've ever seen. Season 2, episode 11. And also, if we're talking about Christmas TV show episodes, uh, the Mr. Hankey Christmas holiday special um, from South Park is freaking genius. Um, I actually just bought the record of of uh, this TV show. Um, where's it at? It's, what, it's, was it season one, I believe? Of, uh, yeah, Mr. Hank, well, there was Mr. Hankey. Mr. Hankey, the Christmas Blue, was season one, episode nine, is one of the best Christmas episodes ever. Um, and then you had, um, of course, Merry Christmas, Charlie Manson in season two. And then season three. Yeah, Mr. Hankey. Yeah, season three was epic because you had the Corn's Groovy Pirate Adventure. Corn was on, um, was was part of, uh, was, was the part of the Halloween special. The guys from Corn, one of my favorite bands. The Sexual Harassment Panda episode was really good. But then you had um, Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics, and it's just a bunch of Christmas songs, and it's freaking hysterical. Cartman sings on there. Uh, Mr. Hankey sings. Um, so uh, watch that. You know, if you're going to watch episodes of South Park, 
or Christmas shows. I'm sorry, it's hard to do episode season by or show by yourself, but I'm trying here. But oh, the succubus episodes in that episode or in that season two, uh, season three, episode fifteen is Mr. Hankey's Christmas classics. I just bought the record to that a few weeks ago at a record store, so I highly recommend it. Um, but um, I think that's all we've got. I've got um, got racing news, football, Christmas stories, Christmas um, Christmas movies, um, Paul Williams. Uh, I think that's about it. But this was my episode recorded live from apartment uh, 62B here in Kokomo, Indiana. That is really not my. Uh, apartment number because I don't want to be giving out my apartment number and location because I don't need all of our fans gathering around in the parking lot waiting for me to come out and knocking on my door. Um, I don't need all women, you know, I don't need women throwing underpants at me from, you know, onto the balcony and, you know, I just don't roll that way. I'm sorry. Um, if you want to date me, contact me the old-fashioned way. Contact us. Uh, at the following, um, you can listen to us on uh, Amazon, Spotify, um, iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, and YouTube, I believe, as all of us. You can catch us on Facebook at uh, Who's Your Nerds Podcast. And uh, you can uh, also get to us on um, X. At Pod Nerds. So if you want to contact Kristen, um, you know, throw your hat in the, the dating ring and see if I'm uh, up to that. I'm really not. This is all a lie because we got like 16 fans after that. And they're probably all dudes that sit in their basement playing video games, uh, living with their mom. But anyway, um, that is our show for this week. Like I said, coming live for you from. Apartment 62B. Did I say 62B? Well, it's 62B in Kokomo, Indiana. And if you wonder who's your nerds are, that is me this week or us. So give us a uh, give us a shout out. Give us a listen. And uh, hopefully, I won't have to do this all by myself next week. Uh, peace. <laughs>